Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. Today, uh, I want to get into uh, something uh, that uh, just really had touched me as I studied the Torah study number 11 uh, in Genesis 44. This is, we're studying on the life of Joseph, and uh, this week, uh, uh, God has appointed Joseph uh, to become uh, Pharaoh's top assistant. And he gave him the dream on how to be the architect of the plan to save not only Egypt, but to save all the surrounding nations from a great famine. And uh, it was in this Torah study uh, that uh, Joseph has to test his brothers to make sure uh, that uh, they're reformed, right? They originally had hatched that murder plot and lied to their father about what went down. And uh, the family's been in turmoil ever since. Anybody come from a family that's had a little bit of dysfunction in it? Well, the good news is this Torah study shows you that no matter how bad things have ever gotten in your family, that God will turn that thing around and bring restoration and bring unity. And typically he's counting on you to lead the way. Uh, Don't carry a grudge. Don't carry a scorecard where you keep a, a record of all the wrongs. Amen. You're the one that's the light of the world. You're the one that has the answer, and that answer is uh, birthed in forgiveness and reconciliation. And so all of that went down uh, with uh, Joseph, his brothers, and uh, then, of course, uh, the patriarch Jacob gets involved. All the family moves from Israel down to Egypt into Goshen, and in today's Torah study, there's a very interesting exchange between Jacob, who's now very old, and Pharaoh. And it's something that all the great rabbis in Judaism have observed and they've taught on this, especially when Pharaoh asked Jacob this amazing question, how many are the years of your life? And so it's this question that stimulated a great deal of commentary by all the great rabbis through all the generations expounding on what does Pharaoh mean when he asks, how many are the years of your life? The Hebrew Bible actually poses the question this way, how many are the days of the years of your life? And so it's a question that Jewish scholars uh, have been trying to answer ever since. And many of them seem to agree that Pharaoh isn't really interested in knowing Jacob's actual age. Uh, But rather, upon seeing Jacob, 
who happens to be the father of the smartest man alive, right? Um, uh, Pharaoh sees that Jacob is old, yet he doesn't look like an old man. Uh, He doesn't look like somebody that's just living out an existence in life. He looks like somebody that's lived through some things and that he has aged appropriately with wisdom and knowledge and strategy and insight. And so Pharaoh is really asking, how many days have you actually experienced living? There's something about you, and I want to know what is the secret to your life, and how is it that you've been able to live uh, live to be such an old man and seemingly live to have all of this wisdom to birth a son who's the smartest man in Egypt and uh, as opposed to merely going through life existing. And so as we study this out, I got to thinking about how this relates to that modern day quote. You might be familiar with it, that it's not the years in your life that count, but the life in your years that count. And so the question uh, that uh, is debated here is a spiritual question, isn't it? And it's something that each year we come uh, around to this Torah study and, you know, even the biblical holidays, one of the secrets of celebrating the, uh, the Bible holidays, some call them Jewish holidays, they're Bible holidays. One of the, the secrets uh, to that is embedded in those holidays is usually a buildup. There's 50 days between Passover and Pentecost. There's 30 days of Elul and 10 days of awe in preparation of what God... And all of these things, uh, the Catholic Church kind of copied all of that when they invented Lent. All right? And so, yeah, uh, it's uh, uh, something that we're uh, meant to do on an annual basis, evaluate, is my life making a difference? What am I doing to make the days count? How much have you lived during your time on earth? Right? How much of your life has been truly meaningful? And it's meaningful in the sense of, have you been living it for the Lord? Have you been doing the will of God? Are you accomplishing some things in your unique way with your unique sets of gifts and talents that is being a light. It's making a difference. You're accomplishing some things so that when you finally make it through the pearly gates, it's going to be not, I don't know you, but rather it's going to be well done. Well done, my daughter. Well done, my uh, son. Uh, You've been a faithful servant. You've applied your talents. You've been busy building the kingdom. Well done. Well done. Who wants to hear well done? Amen. I see all your hands. So this is all meant to point us uh, 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 to ask about these things in our own life. 
A lot of times we're, uh, it's easy to look at others and see their shortcomings and spend our whole life being critical and evaluating someone else. But God isn't interested in you judging some. He's the great judge. And what he's interested in is you judging yourself and making sure you're on track in accomplishing your mission here on earth. Come on, somebody. And so God wants you to have a blueprint for your life. And not everything in the blueprint is going to be revealed on day one or on uh, day 200 or day 2000 or whatever. It's all a journey and God reveals more and more as you apply yourself. Right? And so, uh, but the foundation of this, the strategy of living a meaningful life is to realize, number one, your life is supposed to have meaning. Amen. We're supposed to come to a point in our Christianity when we realize God put me on this earth for a reason. He has a mission for me. My mission may not be the same mission as yours. It doesn't have to be. We're we're all members and have different unique giftings, but we're all part of the same body. We're all here to serve the Lord and to build his kingdom and to make this world a better place. And when we do that, we're being significant. All right? Significance refers to the sense that our life really is worth living. (laughs) Amen? Our life really does have value. And so, therefore, what we pull out of this, what Pharaoh is asking Jacob uh, is uh, what we need to be asking ourselves. What am I doing to make my years count? What am I doing to make the world a better place? Now, uh, there's, there's some uh, further insight into this. I, I happen to come across this quote by uh, a great 19th century rabbi, Rabbi Hirsch, who says, when one counts by years, one does not reckon anymore the days. It's only with a few select people that each day is full of importance and is considered by them as having a special meaning. A really true human being does not live by years, but by days. Similarly, in the great psalm of Moses in which the whole history of the world passes by as in a dream, it says at the end, if even a thousand years of world history mean no more than one minute, then a day really means nothing. Teach us to count our days. Thus Pharaoh too says here, the rabbi goes on, how many are the days of your life? And in these words, he reveals the deep impression which the whole appearance and dignified behavior of Jacob made on him. Come on, somebody. This is what Psalm 90 is talking about. Lord, teach us to number 
our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So yeah, let's celebrate our birthday, but let's not wait a whole year to ask ourselves, am I doing something better for the Lord this year than I was last year? I mean, that's a good question, and if that's as far as you've gotten, hallelujah. But God is saying, learn how to number your days. Make every day count. How many of you feel like that this morning, that you want to make every day of your life for the Lord count? Come on, come on. So if we want to experience a meaningful life, it's got to be filled with meaningful days, right? Look, a great vacation now and then is nice. But in the grand scheme of things, just having a great vacation once in a while ain't going to cut it in the kingdom of God. Help me, somebody. <laughs> Amen. Look, a bunch of presents. I, I want a bunch of presents on my birthday. I, I want a bunch of presents on Christmas. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not going to be enough to bring meaning into my life. I can do all the spending sprees on Amazon I want, but you can't spend enough money to add the meaning that God wants to bring into your life. Yep, come on, come on. And look, we could go on and on. How many, t how many people's faces are buried in their phone for hour after hour after hour after hour? And that's their whole life. Six inches in front of their face. At, in the grand scheme of things, your life is much more than what your social media page looks like. Oh, help me. Somebody help me here. We're designed by God to live with a greater sense of purpose than Amazon.com or Facebook pages. Amen? And so we need to develop a mission in our lives. And that mission will evolve over time. When Lydia and I first got saved back in 1984, we immediately started to contribute to our church by serving in the two-year-olds. And of course, uh, if you've ever been in children's ministry, the two-year-olds is affectionately known as the terrible twos. <laughs> yeah, and so we were greenhorns, and when the, uh, at that time up in Seattle, when they saw us coming, they, hey, there's a sucker born every minute. <laughs> Here they come. Little did we know that that little step of faith would begin to, uh, God would begin to use it to build on that and promote us as we were faithful. We were promoted and promoted. And now all these many years, I've lost count. I don't know how many days or how many years it's been, but I know this, we've been faithful to our calling. And you need to have that same mindset. I will be faithful to the calling of God on my life. I'm going to walk worthy of the call of God on my life. This salvation, this eternal life, this forgiveness, this uh, blessing that God has given me, I am not going to squander or waste it. Amen. 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 And so that mission evolves. 
all right? And in fact, when, when your cause is the cause of Christ and your mission springs out of that, it becomes the primary force that drives you every single day. You know, problems can come and go. Challenges can come and go. Life happens. Stuff happens. There's disappointments. There's distractions. There's, uh, you've been uh, uh, through it. And, uh, uh, but in the end, God did not call you just to survive that. It's like the, uh, I think it was at the, uh, the funeral of Marcus Lamb the other day when somebody said, God wants to make your mess into your message. <laughs> God will take your mess and turn it into your message. And he did that for us. Of course, Lydia didn't have much of a mess. I was the mess. I, I needed Jesus a whole lot more than you ever did, sweetie. <laughs> Amen. So uh, it becomes the primary force that drives you. Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens, the great American author uh, and philosopher once wrote that the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. You all been born, but have you found out why you're born? Why are you created? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God has begun a work in you that he is going to see through as long as you report for duty. Yes, sir. Scott Sigmund reporting for duty, Lord. What do you got for me today? In reality, this is what being born again is all, uh, what that's all about. Why are you born again? When you get born again, something should ignite in you. And that, it, uh, that should never die. If, if that thing is waning, if the, the spark, the flame of God is waning in your life, get on your knees, cry out to the Lord, and say, Father God, return me to my first love, and let this first love be like a fire shut up in my bones. Amen? You're a new creation. Act like it. <laughs> Stop acting like you were when you were serving the devil. And if you have to, fake it till you make it. <laughs> but with that in mind, as a new creation, God wants to add his super to your natural. Right? You're a natural human being without God. But with God, you're a supernatural human being, and nothing will be impossible if you believe. Amen. Say amen. amen. Wake up every day and thank the Lord, I can do all things through Jesus who gives me strength. Amen. Come on. I was led to Daniel 11.32, where it says, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. The people that know their God will be strong. Say, I'm strong. I'm strong. And I do exploits. Amen. 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 
So in essence, what's going on in this Torah study, there's all kinds of things we could talk on, but uh, I felt led to talk on this, especially because uh, I've just uh, gone through uh, a couple deaths in the church family. Marcus Lamb, as we all know, went home to be with the Lord, the head of Daystar Television. And uh, I just had a chance to talk to him just the other day playing golf. And then uh, the next thing you know, God called him home. And then our dear friend, Brother Owen. Owen's the first member of New Beginnings. And uh, we met Owen back in 1991. He, uh, Pastor, told uh, the story about Owen uh, last week and very moving. Uh, and so uh, Owen moved down here from Portland with us, and uh, he's just been uh, a man of faith, a man of faithfulness, a loyal man, a dedicated man to the Lord, to new beginnings, to everything that we've represented over these 30-plus years. And so to have him go on to be with the Lord hurts. It doesn't. It's not a happy thought, but I can tell you this, Marcus Lamb and Owen Gann made their lives count. Everybody knows Marcus, but not very many people knew Owen. But they're both going to receive the same reward because they woke up with a mission to do something significant for the Lord, to live a meaningful life. And so it wasn't a coincidence that going through all that, here, here this uh, teaching comes up. And it's, uh, in essence, Pharaoh is asking Jacob, Jacob, how are you able to fight back against all the forces of darkness that are trying to stop you. Even your natural uh, inclinations are one to uh, put it off, procrastinate, just kind of coast, lay back, find my comfort zone, and just live life however it comes instead of seizing your life. And saying, Lord, we are going to do this thing. We're going to do it together. Anoint me. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Give me vision. Give me power. Give me direction and guidance. And I'm going to see this thing through all the way to the day of the Lord. Amen. This is one of God's great gifts to mankind. The ability to make choices. To make decisions about which direction you're headed, about how you're going through life, amen? What priorities are you going to set? What are you going to be focusing on? And how you're going to manage uh, your time and the opportunities God puts before you. Amen? Amen? I read this little quote in in my uh, study here that yesterday's history Tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift from God, which is why we call it the present. Amen. Amen. So look, in order for the days of our years to be long and meaningful, you have to give it meaning. You can't just rely on someone else to add meaning to your life. Well, if I find the right man, if I find the right... Well, yeah, that works. 
But that there's much more to it than having a great spouse. Honey, it's no slam against you. <laughs> I've got to find meaning for my my purpose, my mission has to be number one in my life. What is, why am I getting up in the morning? What's motivating me? What's inspiring me? Amen? And so, you know, there's an old saying, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you sow. And in Christianity, that's big. In the prosperity gospel, the charismatic movement, a lot of our emphasis gets tied up into what's in it for me, right? And that's human nature. But when we take on God's divine nature, God's not saying you have to abandon a quest for uh, the abundant life. No, that's all part of the deal. But the abundant life that God brings us is so we can be a blessing to the world. Find a way uh, for when God blesses you to turn that blessing into something you can pay forward. Amen. And so when you think about what makes a meaningful life for you personally, uh, it's really important to go to the spiritual questions first. Amen. First and foremost, you're a spiritual being. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. Amen. And so I put together just a short list of things to consider if you're interested in moving into a more meaningful life. Number one, to live a meaningful life, you need a vibrant and daily relationship with the Lord. Duh. (laughs) Right? That's the primary thing, right? It's a personal relationship with God the Father, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of the Lord who will come upon you and help you accomplish your mission. And if you have that ongoing daily experience and you're being refreshed and renewed day by day in the Lord, there's nothing that can stop you. Who likes that feeling? Me and God, we're a majority. Nothing's going to stop me. Come on. Without connecting with God in a personal way, in an intimate way, every day of your life, Uh, is going to be a life missing out on wisdom, missing out on his counsel, missing out on his guidance, missing out on the direction you need. If you keep taking one step forward and three steps back, it probably can be traced all the way back to this. Your daily relationship with the Lord may be more religion than relationship. And, of course, a relationship with the Lord includes a relationship with his word, doesn't it? The Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. And that word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yeshua, Jesus, is the living word. And so when we say that we have a relationship with Jesus, in part what that means is we have a relationship. Where's my B-I-B-L-E? Thank you. We have a relationship 
with the word. It's the word that contains God's instructions for living a meaningful life. You can't just make it up as you go. God wrote it down for a reason. It's the blueprint. It's the manual for success. Amen. And this is how we discover more and more of God's will for our life, right? And God's purpose for our life. Now you start combining that with some prayer. You go out and get yourself filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of praying in tongues, and you become a tongue-talking, pew-jumping, Bible-toting, devil-stomping Christian. All of a sudden, man, you're on to something here. Amen. How many of you do that? Say amen. You're just setting the stage for exploits. All right. To live a meaningful life, number two, means you've got to get educated on integrity. All right. The textbook definition of integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles and moral uprightness. Amen. A lot of times just being honest isn't just, you know, telling the truth, but it's just being honest with yourself. Who am I becoming? I'm not just a human being. I'm a human becoming. God wants me to become something. And even at my age, Who was it just the other day? Uh, I said, oh, okay, I was getting my hair cut. And, and the lady didn't give me my senior citizen discount. <laughs> and so I said, I said, um, excuse me, ma'am, it, uh, shouldn't my haircut uh, be $13, not $15? I'm a senior. She looked at me with a double take and said, you sure don't look like a senior. I said, hallelujah. Do you want to card me? I don't know why I said that. I forgot. The word integrity came from a Latin word, uh, integer. And it means whole or complete. When you and I learn to walk in integrity, this quality of being honest, this having a strong moral foundation where you know I'm right with God, I'm right with the Lord, my sins are forgiven, I've made a break with the past and I'm going on with the Lord and living a a quality, honest, decent, moral life. That's who I am, that's what I'm going to be, that leads to being whole and complete. Look, you can't live like the devil and serve the Lord, right? There's a lot of people, I think, in church sometimes that think that way because the devil comes and, I'm going to show you. Beelzebub, Uncle Beelzebub, comes and says, I'm going to teach you how you can live like the devil and still make heaven your home. Liar, liar, pants on fire. We've been pastoring for over 30 years, and many times Christians that struggle, they struggle because they've never come to the point where they've even contemplated their belief system. 
What do you truly believe? What is your value system? And a lot of times the things that we value, we've inherited from our before Christ days. And so we're operating at the core, in the essence, at the foundation on principles, beliefs, and values that really have nothing to do with the Lord. And we don't even know it. As I always say, uh, I hate to be the last to know. You don't want to be the last to know that you don't have a good foundation. (laughs) Amen? And so... Uh, living a meaningful life means that we're making a commitment to discover what are God's ways. What are God's values? What are God's principles? We're not just making this up as we go. And even if a pastor, a preacher, some religious leader says, these are the things that you should uh, believe, you still need to find out for yourself. Is that what the word says? And that's your pathway to integrity. Amen? Don't be the one that sets their own standards based on their own judgment, their own attitudes, their own opinions. Instead, base everything on the Bible, the Word. Amen? And that includes your ideology, right? financial ideology, political ideology, and on and on and on. I found this scripture, and it just blessed me in Proverbs 2 that talks about this. In verse 6, it says that the Lord grants wisdom. Lay it on me, Jesus. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Why to the honest? Because if you're not truthful with yourself, that's where I was going with that other thing. If you're not honest with yourself, then common sense is going to be far from you. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Man, if all you had was one word to live on, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth. You could live off of this one, Proverbs 2, 6 through 8. Amen. So get educated on integrity. Get a vibrant relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number three, to live a meaningful life, you need a personal plan to serve people. A personal plan to serve people. Amen. Without God, without people, without divine purpose, you're not going to live a meaningful life. And if all your energy and effort is poured in to just me, myself, and I, or me, myself, and Irene, that's just not the Christian way. And that's where that charismatic prosperity message has gone awry. We think it's all about me. No, it's not about you. 
It's about us. Christianity isn't a me thing. It's a we thing. And if my brother, if my sister is hurting, I've got to be sensitive to that and not turn my back to them. Right? And so what I'm planning to do with my business, my ministry, my life, my finances, the blessing of God isn't just so I can build bigger barns and then I die rich. Oh, that's, that, that'll really play well in heaven. You died rich and never did anything to be a blessing. When were you going to plan on, Scott, when were you going to plan on being rich towards God? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, Psalm 127.1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor in vain who build it. What are you building? Are you building something that's going to be a blessing to others? Amen? Amen. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. How many of you want God's purpose to prevail in your life? One of the biggest ways to do that is get up every day and not say, bless me, bless me, bless me, Lord. But say, Lord, how can I be a blessing? Amen. And when you do that, all of a sudden, that's what drives you towards a life that will give you meaning. The last thing, uh, well, uh, second to the last thing is you've got to find ways to give back kind of uh, 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 the other side of the same coin. Jesus said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. This is not your calling. You're going to lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. You can call it giving back. You can call it paying it forward. But if you want to find true meaning and purpose in your life, be a servant, be a giver, be on the lookout for being a blessing. Someone once said that the meaning of life is not to seek happiness, but to make ourselves useful. (laughs) Make yourself useful. When it's all said and done, there's usually more said than done. (laughs) Don't be that guy. There's always going to be a future for somebody who will lift up their hands and say, Lord, I'll get that done for you. But so often we want to criticize the people that are in the arena. We're up in the stands. We're Monday morning quarterbacking, levying all the criticism and and just critiquing to, to the cows come home. And God is saying, why didn't you put yourself in the arena? When are you going to put yourself in the arena? When are you going to do something? And instead of being a critic, you're going to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. That's what we felt. Look, when I got saved, six days later, I was serving. I came back to the church the next Saturday, put me to work. And I've been doing that ever since. And you can do that too. Find a way to make yourself valuable. Find a way uh, to be useful. 
You can't find happiness just through material things. A bigger house, a newer car, more clothes. How many clothes are in our closets? My goodness. It just comes down to what are we doing to make a difference? And look, if our primary purpose is to help others, if you don't feel like helping, at least don't hurt them. <laughs> okay? At least don't hurt them. <laughs> While I was putting all this together, I pulled out a book on my bookshelf by uh, Simon Jacobson uh, called Toward a Meaningful Life. And uh, it's a great book based on all the teachings of the great Rabbi Schneerson. And at one point in the book, he says, retirement from what? And when I was reading that, uh, skimming through the pages, man, that just leaped off at me. Because Owen was retirement age, right? He had gone to Vietnam. He had been through battles with Agent Orange. He had gone through all kinds of battles in his life. And, uh, and yet Owen had that mindset. Retirement from what? I'm here to do the Lord's will, and however he can use me, I'll let him use me to accomplish that. And so I was reading this, and uh, the author says, retirement from what? And he points out that one of the many aspects to living a meaningful life is to understand why we were created. We weren't created to retire. We weren't created. There's no Hebrew word for retire. And so God didn't just put us on this earth so we could be Amazon shoppers. I just, I spend my life on the sofa watching, uh, you know, uh, Home Shopping Network. We're here to repair the world in our own unique way. Not everyone will do it the same way, but you can, we can all share in the same passion that our cause is a cause of Christ. It's a worthy cause. It's a greater cause. And we're here to use our unique skill sets to build God's kingdom. Let's share the gospel. Let's be a blessing. Let's contribute whatever we can contribute to bring God's love to the world. Amen. That's your mission in a general sense. Well, I don't know God's will for my... There it is right there. That's God's will. Start there. And if you don't get any further past that, you have done well, pilgrim. You have done well. Amen. So as we grow older, retire from what? As we grow older, we should be increasing not decreasing in our level of God's wisdom flowing out of us, God's creativeness, God's inventiveness, a, a level of confident, uh, competence, a level of intelligence, a level of knowledge, the use of our experience to make the world a better place. So look, if you get carded, if you're taking your senior citizen discount, you got an AARP card, you can't, just because that happened, you can't announce, I'm retiring. Retire from what? You don't retire from life as a Christian. You never retire from building the kingdom. You never retire from developing a prosperous soul. 
You never retire from studying the word. Well, I don't pray anymore. I'm retired. I don't go to church anymore. I'm retired. Are you retired too? No, I'm in my prime. (laughs) In reality, no matter what age, our best is yet to come. Amen. And we're motivated by the fact that God loves us. God loves us. He's a gracious father and he loves us. He's given each of us an important purpose. As we mentioned earlier, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We were created to win. We're overcomers. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. God's got a great plan and a great future for all of us, and we're not experiencing all of that quite yet. So keep going. Keep on trucking. Amen. And as the Bible says in Philippians, that good work that God began in you when you said, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of every sin, break every curse, and reconnect me to the covenant promises of God. That, uh, that good work, God said, I'm going to see that that gets finished in you all the way to the coming of the Lord. I'm going to have to prompt you sometimes. I'm going to have to nudge you at some times. I'm going to have to push you forward at some times. Sometimes we're going kicking and screaming. But everything you were meant to accomplish, the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Word is on your side to get it done. Just get her done. Amen. Amen. So with that, let's live a meaningful life. Amen. Amen. Father, we bless you today for the word. We thank you, Lord. You're using this to inspire us and motivate us to live our best life now. Help us to move into the new year, Lord, with all of these things stirring in us so that we can live a more meaningful life. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God, a gracious Father, and we give you all the praise. Amen and amen.